0: Hi. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Nathan Cunningham. I've been going to the youth group here at New City Church for about seven years, about how long it's been around. I've been preaching since about 10 o'clock this morning, I think, uh, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Uh, I just want to thank Caleb and especially Pam for uh, giving me the opportunity to come up here. There's about a million other people I could thank, but we don't really have the time for that i um, really excited to talk to you guys about Jesus. We're in this series, uh, Who Is This Jesus? And today we're going to talk about him, Jesus, the one who is willing. If you guys have your Bible, please join me in Mark, chapter 1, verse 39 to 45. So he, he of course being Jesus, went into all of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand, and see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest, and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in the deserted places, and they would come to him from everywhere. All right, let's break this down verse by verse so we get a better idea of what Jesus is doing and what that means for us. So going back to that first verse there, verse 39, so he went out into all of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues, and driving out demons. Here we see Jesus doing what Jesus does best. He's out spreading the word and doing miracles. I mean, he's literally driving out demons. It's bound to catch him some attention, which we see in the very next verse, verse 40. Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him and on his knees begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, we know from other translations and historical context that the disease talked about here is most likely leprosy, and you can't really grasp the full importance of this without understanding what leprosy is, and more importantly, the social stigma surrounding it in Jewish culture at the time. Now, first off, leprosy is a chronic disease, meaning if you get it once, you have it forever. And it was pretty much a death sentence for anyone who got it. It affects your nerves, so I'm sure you guys have seen the blig bag blig big black and white splotches that appear on people and uh, they can even completely lose their sense of feeling and pain. In advanced cases, it can even lead to facial disfigurement and blindness. To add insult to injury to this, these people are also considered ritually unclean. Now, what does this mean? Well, if we hop over to Leviticus 45 and 46, it outlines exactly what it meant to be a leper in Jewish society. So starting on verse 45. The person afflicted with an infectious skin disease is to have his clothes torn and his hair hanging loose, and he must cover his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean. He will remain unclean as long as he has the infection. He is unclean. He must live alone in a place outside the camp. I mean, what a dreadful existence that must have been. Not only are you stuck with this debilitating skin disease that you can't cure, but you're also blacklisted from society. You have to wear torn clothes, and anyone who comes near you, you have to shout at them, unclean, so that they know not to come near you. Yet, when I stop and think, I can't think of a better way to describe life without God, life filled with sin. We, too, have a chronic disease. It's called sin. It slowly destroys us from the inside out and keeps us from joining with God in heaven. Just like the leper, all we can do is fall down on our knees and say, God, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And we can see exactly how Jesus responds to our outcry in these next two verses, verses 41 and 42. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him. Be made clean. Immediately, the disease left him, and he was healed. And I want to stop for a moment on those first three words. He also wasn't moved with pity. Pity, to me, implies a almost condescending or patronizing tone. And Jesus doesn't put us down when he's helping us. He always builds us up. And Jesus wasn't even moved with sympathy. Sympathy only implies that you feel bad for someone and nothing more. It says Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, compassion is like sympathy, but it adds one very important detail. In order to feel compassion, you have to look at someone in need and ask, how can I help? Jesus doesn't just look at us and feel bad for us. He asks us, how can I help? And we can see that's exactly what Jesus does. He reaches out and he cleanses the man, and in turn, he cleanses us. Now, it's important to note here that Jesus reaches out and actually touches the man. This may not seem like a big deal at first, but anyone who touches someone who is unclean became unclean themselves. So here's Jesus, the embodiment of everything that's pure and good, reaching out and touching someone who deemed unclean and unfit for society. Now, what a shock this must have been for his disciples. There's a television show called The Chosen. It depicts Jesus's life. And I really like how they display the disciples reacting to the scenario. One of the disciples covers his mouth and shouts out, don't breathe his hair air, and another draws a knife and threatens the man, telling him not to come closer. And you might be quick to call out the disciples for their actions here, but I think that's the most genuine human reaction you can have to this scenario. I mean, just bringing it up to more modern terms, imagine if a recently escaped convict approached you and your family. He's still got his orange jumpsuit on, and he's covered in tattoos. It's easy to imagine yourself shrinking back in fear or even drawing a weapon to protect yourself. When you look at it like that, the disciples' actions seem a lot more relatable. Then here's Jesus, calmly approaching. See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses prescribed for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Here, Jesus is simply telling the man to go straight to the priest and tell no one else that he was healed. Of course, the priest would make him ritually clean again so he could join society. But in the next verse, we see why Jesus told him to not tell anyone else. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in deserted places, and they would come to him from everywhere. I mean, I can't even blame the man for spreading the word. I don't know if I would be able to keep it under wraps either. Jesus just radically changed this man's life. I mean, he had a disease that meant certain death and separation, and Jesus cured him. I mean, we can see how big a deal this is. Jesus can't even enter a town without being sworn by people. He has to go out into the wilderness. And even then, people are still coming from all over to see him. And what Jesus did for the leper, he does for us too. Jesus cleanses sin and changes lives. This isn't something to keep quiet about. And personally, I think we need a few more people reacting like the leper did, going out and telling everyone. So go spread the news. Jesus is willing. And before I pass this mic out, the youth group has gotten a little gift for you, Pam. We just wanted to make sure that you knew that it was appreciated. Everything you did was appreciated. I don't know if you guys know, but Pam puts in so much work into this youth group. And she doesn't get near enough recognition for it, ma'am. <laughs> and I just, I just want you to know that we're so thankful that you, every week you guide us and you show us the way. I don't think there's anyone else here who's quite as qualified to do it as you. Okay. He's not supposed to do that to me because I do not like public speaking on a microphone and now he's made it worse. (laughs) But thank you, all of you. This is beautiful. We're gonna recognize our seniors graduating.